0: He was covered with ammo like a big fat drunk disgruntled yuletide rambo and he smiled as he said
1: with a twinkle in his eye merry christmas to all now you're all
0: gonna die Is
1: gone now. He to hello, hello, and welcome back to In Defense Of. We have a very special episode today with a very special guest, uh, professional baseballer Tim Dillard. Tim, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm ready. <laughs> well,
1: that's, that's better than, than you think you're not ready.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: we appreciate you coming on. Um, as always, I'm Brian. I'm Ryan. So thanks, everybody, to... Uh, or thanks everybody for coming on, listening to us, and uh, I think we're ready to review Santa Claus
3: Conquers the Martians. Yeah, that was the the magic <laughs> random one for for this episode. And by random, uh, we gave uh, Tim here a list of like nine videos, and he got the pick. Yeah. So this is all. It, it was,
2: Yeah. Well, I picked the one that'd be easiest. It was on Amazon Video, and we got the you know. The Amazon Prime thing. So I was like, yeah, I can just click and watch whenever. Yeah. Um, I know, really. But yeah, I, when uh, my wife was asking me what I was doing, I was like, I'm watching Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And she's just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, you, it's hard to say the title without laughing, by the way, which I think is great. Well,
1: it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. So uh, to <laughs> anybody who's listening for the first time, um, we're going to pause the podcast. Um, And then we're going to give you time to watch the movie. We're going to jump back on after the break, and we're going to start reviewing
3: and talking about what our thoughts are. Before we get into the movie, this has a 2.5 on IMDb. This is about about middle of the road for what we've reviewed. Yeah. We've had some ones. We've had a couple 2.8s, 2.9s. This was released in 1964. So that kind of gives you an idea if you're gonna watch um, kind of the technology of the time. And even though that didn't really feel like it was 1964. No. Uh, yep. Are you ready? You ready, Brian? Oh, I'm ready.
2: Are you ready, Tim? Yeah, let's All do this. Can I do the countdown?
3: Yeah, please do.
2: Yeah, three, two, one.
0: Billy, what does a Martian look like? I don't know, nobody's ever seen one. I don't believe there are any Martians. You don't, huh? What would you do for Martian look right up behind you? Ah, I scream. <laughs> oh, stop man. Betty, I'm trying to sleep. I see a Martian. Boy, you are your Come on, let's go home. Who, who are you? We're from Mars. Don't be afraid. We have children just like you on Mars.
2: What are those funny things sticking out of your head?
0: Those are our antenna.
1: Are you a television set?
2: <laughs> Stupid question. Is this what you want to do to our children on Mars? Turn them into nincompoops like these? Hold your tongue, Voldar.
3: All right, so we are back, and that was Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Tim,
1: initial
2: thoughts? <laughs> um, I think the film is a bit dated. <laughs> uh, well what i thought was interesting i guess we landed on the moon right in 1969 yeah, yeah and so knowing that this movie was 1964 and what what people thought about space and what people thought about um exploring space uh is is you know probably right in line with before we knew anything so i don't know that's that's probably the most interesting thing i could take away from it
1: of how accurate they were that they're actually his life on Mars and they
3: knew that mm-hmm. all the way back in '64.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that there was a like a space program and it was yes it was it was just they had a space program ready to go to Mars and what did, yeah. in the middle of the movie the the guy said there was like fifteen fifth no there was fifteen planned tests yeah the doctor the the, the very. Like, German the, the very Russian yeah, yeah,
2: German, Russian, yeah. German
3: doctor, yeah. He's, yeah. he's like, we've got 15 tests planned, but we're not going to do them. Yeah, and, yeah. and he's like, we're just going to rush, we're going to rush right past the test. Like, and the, yeah. the, the the interviewer is like, isn't that risky? And he goes, nah, these astronauts, they want to go. And like,
2: okay. <laughs> Boring, yeah, then the same thing. The same thing happened in The Martian with Matt Damon, right? They just oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, And look what
1: how well yeah, that turned yeah. out for them.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's okay. where they bought. You know, <laughs> that's where they got some of their influence for that movie. Yeah, from okay.
1: this one. So, yeah, Santa Claus versus uh, conquers the Martians was a very big influence on The Martian. So yeah, I, I can see the similarity <laughs> the similarities.
3: So.
2: All I was right. curious when they called it, like, uh, Conquers, you know? Santa Claus Conquers the yeah, Martians. I, I was, was not like he really. We'll,
3: we'll get to that, yeah. because there, there oh, was very yeah. little conquering of, of anything
2: in yeah. this movie. <laughs> um, conquering, conquering your attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it worked really hard for that, because it took multiple <laughs> sittings
3: for me to actually finish this movie.
1: Yeah. I, I, I watched it during the week at my lunch break at work, which was great, because it was the perfect 30 minutes, and then I would just go. And, like, write my notes down, and then I wouldn't have to watch any more. Then I would just watch more the next day, so it was great to but break he, here's it up. But
3: here's a big issue I had with the movie. Uh, it took about 50 minutes to get into the movie. Yeah. Because it was only it yeah. was about 40 yeah. minutes till you actually saw Santa Claus. And this movie is 80 minutes long.
1: You no, know, Santa was right in the beginning with the
2: newscast. Santa was, yeah, was
3: fairly, Santa was on the... <laughs> he was in there explaining what Christmas was, but to get to actually to getting Santa to Mars yeah. took 40 minutes. Yeah. And, and mm. you know, we had... Of stuff. We'll, we'll get to that. So, uh, what we're gonna do first is we'll kind of quickly gloss over the plot, mm-hmm.
1: um, <laughs> and feel free to jump in if like there's a part of the plot where like you want to talk about, or if it's a scene that you particularly liked or disliked. So, feel free to just jump in at any time. So, the... yeah,
2: I'm just curious what the plot is. You know, when you start, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do the best that I can. Yeah, I watched it, and I'm curious on what you're gonna say. Sure. So, so it starts
3: out. It kind of starts out with uh, with a news broadcast, which is, I guess, a very weird way to open a movie. But it's not so uncommon for 40s, 50s, and 60s movies to have that kind of, you know, the news of tomorrow or news of today or whatever they used to do. Uh, And you see this newscast about Christmas coming up. Okay, and it's it's Santa and his workshop. This guy gets to go to Santa's workshop, and he says, like, it's 91 degrees below zero up here. And And
1: initially initially I thought, because it's weird because you don't know what world you're in yet, but I thought (laughs) that, um, like, they were just doing a newscast for the kids. And like, oh, we're going to go visit Santa, but it was actually Santa. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows Santa exists. It's not just a kid thing. It's a grown-up thing on Earth as well. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah.
3: So we get to the we get this newscast he's talking about christmas and how it you know how things are going along uh and it kind of zooms out and you see these two assumed martian kids you don't really they're not you know they're martians after the fact but you get these two martian kids who are just kind of zombies in front of the tv right and i don't know if it was the
1: tint of the movie or it's so old but it looked like they were wearing blackface it was I, a very dark yeah
2: but it's very dark yeah. green.
1: did you have that problem too tim
2: yeah, I, I was, I'm pretty sure it was green. I, I lightened up my screen because I was like, you know, this is... I don't know if people could get away with doing something like this <laughs> <That's> nowadays.
1: Like, <laughs> it's like someone smeared Vaseline all over the lens while they were
3: filming. <laughs> and one and, and thing you notice throughout the movie is that the lighting does change. So it looks green, it looks yeah. black, it looks yeah. olive, it looks gray. Yeah. It's just... Was, well,
2: as the odd. movie as the movie continues, you know, you see the Martians, like sometimes they're really light and then sometimes they're really dark and then sometimes I don't think they're wearing anything. <laughs> you know. So, I don't know. I looked up to see who the makeup artist was, couldn't get an actual name. No. Yeah, uh, but they're to, they're they're to blame you know there's a continuity expert that needs to be looking out for these sort of things <laughs> with,
3: a, with a budget of two hundred thousand, i think they skimped a few corners on continuity <laughs> and, and makeup they grabbed a, they grabbed a, like a local face paint artist and said here just yeah make 20 bucks yeah right Which yeah but,
2: but 200 200k in 1964 man that's like that's pretty good yeah that's, that's, that's several million dollar budget right yeah. there yeah.
3: <laughs> so we get we get introduced to the t- to the main martian and then i guess the main the, the other kind of co-main, that's not really a co-main Martian but I guess his wife so it's it's Kimar and Momar so like mom Ma mm-hmm. Martian and King Martian
1: yeah and Kimar is the leader of all the Martians
3: so we were very uh know, he's very no, he's one of the leaders because it's a bunch of chiefs he's true. like he's like head chief I guess yeah uh they're upset because they're children uh G- uh Gaimar and Bomar so girl go, girl Martian boy Martian I had to take notes on the names they were so hard they're uh, they're just they're watching too much earth t v yeah and they're they're concerned so kimar uh basically calls together all the Martian chiefs to go meet yeah.
2: well they they're they're having trouble sleeping the kids are yes, yeah that's right yeah, they're like they're, yeah, they're, like they're just kids. they're distraught yeah. which i thought was you know a great there's a great line in there where kemar was saying that the kids couldn't sleep and that he had to use the sleep dust,
0: the sleep uh, dust yes. to
2: give them the sleep. And as a guy that has three kids, I'm sitting there going, interesting, tell me more about yes. the sleep uh, dust. Can I just go down to the 7-Eleven and pick it up? I've got, yeah. I've got two kids I'll of my be. own
3: and I, I would love to have sleep dust some nights.
2: I want sleep dust, man. So he, That's crazy.
3: <laughs> so he calls all the chieftains together and they go meet at the, I guess at the home of Shoshem or Chochem. I don't know um he's the <laughs> which, <laughs> like, I can't keep these, which, which i which, think it's chochum it, yeah. yeah. if, if you look it up on wikipedia yeah. it says it's a yiddish word for genius so that's a little cool hmm. i guess martians are yiddish now
2: yeah well they had a lot of english you know dialect since did, it was they, in english they, the whole time yeah, they, they, so and english words yeah.
3: they spoke the common tongue very well <laughs> so they they talked to Chochem and he says that it's because the children are are not happy mm. they're not they're not able to have fun there's a very there's a very tight regiment on mars of kids uh mm. needing to like, you know to basically like a military operation you know they, they have to do these things and only do these things and there's no room for any additional leisurely activities so he he makes this really what i thought was actually one of my favorite parts of the movie and that there's and this is gonna that's it this is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they talk about uh Chochem asks Kimar what time of year is it? And he goes, Well, it's September <laughs> yeah, Which yeah. which which makes complete sense because they would have more months on Mars because of the of the rotation around the Earth wow. than they would on Earth. Right. So then he says, but it's so then Chochem says, I bet you it's middle <laughs> December on Earth. Right. And so I thought sure. that was one of the – that was probably the best part for me of that movie was the fact that they acknowledged – That they did the research. That they kind of did research or they just got really lucky. I'm going to right talking right. no. up to the, that <laughs> they did their research.
2: I'm saying not research. I'm thinking I, – I used the word September or uh, September the other day because I couldn't figure out what month it was. <laughs> so I was just oh, like okay. – so I think they were just like just making up stuff, you know. Okay. And just happened, and just happened to just nail it.
3: Perfect. All right, well <laughs> – well, that's two 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 thoughts on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, he says it's mid December. It's Halloween. You know that basically Mars needs to get a Santa. They need to have somebody on Mars who can spread joy to children. And
2: some of the- yeah, well, these aren't you know they're children in body, but you know Chomars was was very keen on making sure that we knew that they were uh, from an early age they were programmed to be adults. So, like by the he said by the time that they're able to walk, mentally they're all adults. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they think and and how they go so they never had a childhood so that's kind of what the i guess if you want to go as deep as possible yeah. you know you're going like <laughs> yeah. they they're their inner their inner child you know you're, they're starving for it because they never had it and so they're kind of regressing re- regressing in that way i guess i don't know to me that was kind of like the big plot point of it wasn't so much that they're sleeping really but they're distraught but then you find out they didn't have a childhood yeah so well he says it's it, been,
3: he said he, that he's been noticing it for centuries so that to, to your point that that is something that it's I'm sure over time it just it became evolved and and through all that
2: uh, we're reading uh, way too much into this but see, <laughs>
3: This is but, they're, they're... but
1: they're leaving it up for the viewer, though, because they uh, actually yeah. gave so much backstory to what's happening in this movie. Like, there was no rock that was left unturned, you know, with their, with their antenna apparatus. And then you see later in the movie where they're connected and the kids are, you know, getting, like, uh, trigonometry facts, like, mm-hmm. regurgitated to them to, like, you know, get, get stuck in their brain. It's, it's crazy mm-hmm. the, the amount of detail that they actually put into this movie.
2: I looked up the writers on IMDb. There was two of them, and I clicked both of them, and they actually to, uh, had no other writing credits. So, oh, man. <laughs> wonder why there was a one and one and done. Yeah,
1: this is this is their passion project, to be
0: sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. So then, all right. So then, they, so we'll get back on track. They they decide that they're going to abduct Santa Claus from Earth and bring him to Mars because that's the only way yes. that they can ensure that the children have the official Santa Claus experience. And there's a few, yeah. there's, there's one or two chiefs that are not keen on this idea because he thinks it's going to ruin the Martian uh, way of life and that they need to continue mm-hmm. to have this, you know, rigid structure. But he, that was Boldar. Boldar. Boldar is his name. I wrote him down. He was the mean one. Okay. With the Mustache.
2: Yeah. Mustache. Giving a bad name to everybody with mustaches. Yeah. <laughs>
3: you sure it wasn't Voldar? No, Boldar. Sure it wasn't Voldar? Okay, maybe Voldar. Okay.
1: Maybe they mumbled. I don't know.
2: Voldar Maybe you had maybe you had subtitles on in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> maybe
3: <laughs> so so they so they, they take their Martian ship, uh, and they leave they leave Mars. Uh they end up they end up going to Earth uh to to try to find Santa Claus and they end up seeing a bunch of different Santa Claus, basically like mall Santas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not sure which one's the real one, so they stumble upon two children, Billy and Betty. I don't remember their last names, uh, but Billy and Betty are uh, I guess they're just sitting in a meadow, yeah, they're sitting in a meadow, and she keeps yapping
1: about like, like going to space. And then she's like, He's like, Betty, be quiet, I'm trying to sleep. It's like, You're trying to sleep outside, it's, it, it looks like it was like. Midnight, and they're wearing, and she's wearing a skirt with like no pants or anything, and he's wearing a tiny little sweater. It's like it's the middle of September for Christ's sake, December, you know? but December, yes. yeah, it's like, on, on earth, yeah.
3: So then the Martians come up, and she she says something about I would just scream if I saw a Martian, yeah, because they had heard the news story about the the either the something that burned up in the atmosphere or their so, so sophisticated uh, machine that it can be blocked by radar, and which was actually ended up being the case. um but, yeah, so she's like, if I ever saw a Martian, I would just scream. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, trying to take a nap. And she screams. And he goes, quiet, would you? I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to take a nap outside. They were very nonchalant about those Martians coming <laughs> up, though. Yeah. They were just like, "Yeah,
1: how's it going? And they just, like, and then Billy just spills the beans to the Martians for, well, like, Santa no was. reason. Yeah. Oh, Santa's so he over here. He's in a North Pole. Yeah, I'll take it to him. He's good for you yeah. in front
2: of and then Yeah, had... but the Martians did that, too. They built that trust. Because they were like, who are you? And they're like, we're Martians. Yeah, it's like, like right man, jinx up. Yeah. <laughs> We don't want anybody to know we're here, but by the way, we're Martians. So they were like, oh, sweet. But, okay, we'll just do whatever then, you want."
3: Since they told them, they had to say, "Okay, well, we're uh, we're gonna take you hostage now." Mm-hmm. And they scream, yeah. and then that was it. They just screamed once, mm-hmm. and then they ran off with them. Like there, there was very little resistance on these kids' part. Yeah.
2: Well, think about it. When you're a kid, Martian came up, you're like, "Meh." I kind of want to see what what the, where this goes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's true. I would. <laughs> they didn't look like the, the, uh, the, the mean kind. They were actually, at least Kimar was kind of nice about the whole thing. Yeah.
2: Well, also, too, I think their last name was Foster when we were talking about their last Ooh, name. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there's an underlying theme, or maybe they didn't, maybe where they were at, they didn't like. You know, maybe they were trying to get out. Maybe that was a Oh, Now you're really going deep into this, nice. man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Analyzing. I'm just trying to keep up. This yeah. <laughs> <So laughs>
1: movie's so complex, all right? It's like watching Eraserhead. You but with Martians,
3: so they get to, they get they get to the North Pole. Uh, they kidnap Santa not before using a, paralyzing ray, to paralyze two elves, the only two elves that tried to stop, yeah, and then Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. And Santa willingly went. He was just like, oh, I'll be back later, and
2: yeah, no big deal. Well,
3: this just, this budget the Quietest she's ever been. Yeah.
2: What's that? Yeah, are budget concerns. They can only afford two elves because in the first scene. I'm pretty sure it was just a kid and a beard yeah. in the back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then the, in the foreground, they had you know the only elves they could find, you know, yeah. to play the part. I well, guess. Or...
1: What I originally thought, until we saw the uh, Martians and Martian children and the Earth children in the same room together, I thought they were the same actors. Hmm. Until until we actually saw them later together in the same scene, I was like, oh okay, they didn't they didn't go that route.
2: So, so they found at least five children to be a part of this film. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
3: So, yeah, but it's just Santa's demeanor in this whole situation. It was, was so weird. Just so weird. I mean, I know he's supposed to be jolly old Saint Nick, but he was like, oh, it's okay. You should have told me that in the first place that it was temporary. Right. I was upset that you may have killed them, but since it was just a paralyzation for temporary, that's okay. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Mrs. Claus gets shot with the same thing, and he goes, oh. No, but then, then he uh, says, this is, this is one of my favorite parts, because then he goes, I can't recall, he says to Mrs.
1: Claus, I can't recall a time when you are so silent for so long.
2: Like, just, yeah. just, just slaps his
1: wife while she's paralyzed,
2: and and then they like you know they're gonna drag him off forever, and he's like you know the somber ho 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 yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, rewound, I rewound that and I was like, is this really happening? Am I hearing this right? And he's like, oh ho oh, oh. ho, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he could
3: have not given you know. any shits on that. Yeah,
1: it, it was. He yeah, just... was, was just like, whatever. It was like he just smoked a whole pound of weed or something. It's like whatever, man. Let's go
2: well he needs a better you know uh, to, like in the beginning the the reporter and the camera person just walk up in there like nothing's going on okay. and then Martians just walk up in there I'm like you're Santa Claus yeah you need something going on and I guess there was a you know maybe we saw some animals later in the film wink you know that maybe was guarding but you know I'm, I'm just saying get an alarm system or get some security that just stands guard I don't think that's hard but
3: apparently it's just you know too much for Santa Speaking of mm-hmm. speaking of people just intruding into Santa's workshop, the robot that came in first, was yeah. like, "Oh, it's just a big toy." Yeah, never seen Torg. This. Yeah, Torg, the robot. I forgot about him. And then, like, he ends up turning Torg into like a toy, like a real toy. Yeah, and like doesn't move or anything. Fine, he, like, he, we'll... lost his, he lost, he his sentience. <laughs> yeah, just, and then the, and that's when the Martians like, "Fine, we'll go get him." Yeah. So then they get back to Mars, and so so on the sh- on the trip back to Mars, Santa's with the children, mm-hmm. and locked, like, he's like locked up in a special room. And he's still happy as all can be, all jolly Saint Nick, and the kids are like, "We're not happy." And he's trying to make them cheer up, and like bless bless this poor Christmas you know, Santa Claus's heart. The the kids were not having any of it. Mm-hmm.
2: And he's telling jokes too. He's he, telling
1: he's telling really bad jokes, and then really bad. I don't know if, if you thought if you guys thought the same thing, but like he was just really like bear hugging those kids and just not letting go when they were sitting on that bunk
3: bed. I didn't, really notice, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. You know, I get kids aren't escaping watch. from me again. Yeah, <laughs> but then Droppo comes in. Droppo the clown. Droppo the crazy, clumsy, doofus Martian comes in. Yeah. like, I got food for you, and he has like all the pills because they talk about. Yep.
2: Because in in
3: pills. you know advanced societies, and, and,
2: we're all eating pills. Well, and also too, they had like sweet potato pills mm-hmm. and like I forget something tomato pills. So basically, they have the same. You know, vegetation on Mars as they do Earth, or they just couldn't come up with a name for anything else. But either way,
3: so he's somebody. Bring,
2: he, <laughs> so he
3: brings the pills in, and he's like, "You don't even want chocolate ice cream pills?" He just, you know, dopey, dopey clown style, and then yeah. he leaves, and Santa goes, "Oh, I bet he's joking." He so oh, I bet that they eat chocolate syrup for their headaches. Then, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they because they eat pills for right. food, so why not? chocolate syrup for headaches and just Santa being the goofiest
2: yeah it was it was a ever. joke that just did not land and the kids didn't care no they were just like whatever yeah
3: <laughs> Santa you're
2: weird well let me back up too if if they're you know in the middle of September and they travel all the way to earth I mean how how quickly are we getting there because when they get there you know and then they're all of a sudden back like I'm just talking about like what time do they get back to Mars they get back to Mars like the next day you know I don't they're, they're
1: flying warp nine apparently yeah that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that because I'm, I'm not. You were really, over, you were really analyzing
2: this <laughs> movie. That's awesome. Listen, it's got to make sense, man. It I does. don't care if you if you make up rules to a movie, you got to stay with the rules. Yes, and yeah. this movie had no rules. It was just like whatever. Let's throw some months at them and some some really long scenes of piloting the aircraft, and so they'll just forget.
1: Man, you wanna talk about a long scene. Remember when they were when they first got to uh the North Pole and they were all walking down the ladder from oh. the spaceship?
2: <laughs> one by one. One by
1: one, every step, that camera was right there for every for like three or five people that came out of that damn spaceship. That was ridiculous.
3: That was a long scene. Yeah. Alright. Then what happened, Ryan? So so they get to they get to Mars and they build a factory for Santa to make toys, but Santa's factory on Mars is an assembly line. So it's literally button pushing. And like, it was like Betty and Billy reading off a list of what kind of toys to make three bicycles. And he pushes a button and three yeah. bicycles are made. A like, couple three. of dolls and some baseball bats. Yeah.
1: And so, uh, bats were just flying out of that yeah, hole, by the way, <laughs> just,
3: how much? How much easier would that make baseball life if we could just make bats? Like bats?
2: There would be one company. How many bats you need? Fifty bats. Push that button.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: just, shoot, just shoots right out on the player they, belt. Yeah, and they had wood. They had wood on Mars apparently too. Yeah,
3: yeah. Or, or, or they were just making things out of other, like other matter. It was just like an alchemy type situation where yeah, they were bringing in organic matter and converting it into whatever. I mean, yeah. if, if we're gonna make again, if we're gonna make up rules to the movie, we gotta we gotta keep this going. So I'm guessing they just took the matter, the whatever organic material is on Mars, mm-hmm. converted it yeah. into bats and pills and who knows. Like a three
2: D like a three D printer. Yeah. You know, they're just exactly. printing stuff out. <laughs> exactly. Movie was ahead of its time. That's right.
1: Yeah, it really was. <laughs> And, uh, and Santa was, like, all sad because, like, he's a he's a toy maker, and he's not a toy button pusher. So he was getting real depressed because that's not how Santa's supposed to make toys.
3: Right right before that, though, uh, when Santa first gets there with the kids, the kids walk in and try to give the Martians a handshake, and they have no idea what's going on. And then Santa comes in, and then for whatever reason, they all just start laughing. Yeah. They just burst out laughing. I've never heard the kids laugh like that before.
1: It
2: was so weird. Well, that's because Santa's getting would- them to laugh
1: because it's
3: the magic of Santa.
1: Yeah.
2: I wonder. If, I wonder if the script was like it gets to that point and then it just says everyone bursts into laughter, like there was nothing before it. It wasn't like it was yeah. left on the editing room floor. It was just like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're just everyone's going to start laughing because that's how I felt. I was just like, why well, everybody's just laughing? Yeah,
3: but hey, they fell asleep. They didn't even use the sleep powder. Yeah, the sleep spray, spray or whatever it was. Uh, but yeah, dust, the sleep yeah. dust, dust. <laughs> What is going on, yeah.
2: Yeah, I Googled it. It's not a real thing. Oh,
3: oh that's man, too bad. Uh, that's a market. We yeah. should do it. Yeah, right. Create your own sleep dust. There's got to be laws against that, I'm sure. Well, I mean, the Sandman. <laughs> Sandman Sleep Dust. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: that's
2: a, yeah. that's a
3: great name for it. Yeah.
2: All right. Martian Sleep Dust. Martian. All right. It's exotic. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go overseas. I mean, across space to get it. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
3: <laughs> All right, so so Voldar and his assistants—what were their names? Stabo? Do you have them written down? There's, oh, there's I, Stabo I only and Shim. Down like six or seven, marks Okay, so I think so it's many. Stabo and Shim. Yeah, uh, they have a plan to sabotage the work factory because they don't—you know—they don't want Santa to be here anymore, and they can't—they can't get to Santa because apparently he's so guarded; you can't get within twenty feet of him, or they'll be disintegrated. Mm. So, mm. so, so they have to find another way to to make Santa the, the bad guy to get rid of him. And they, I guess their plan was to, to sabotage it. So that's going to make toys wrong. Yeah, they were going to sabotage the mm.
1: toy maker conveyor belt. So when they started making toys, all different kinds of toys would come out, right? And they basically would just like cross the wires in the back of the machine because apparently it's that simple to do.
2: And yeah. I was surprised, you know, uh, about, uh, you know, them still trying to get rid of Santa because remember back on the ship. The guy with the mustache, mm-hmm. Volmar or whatever, he tried to kill Santa, and, and you know they got out of it. And Santa didn't even throw him under the bus. No. Nope. You know, Santa was like trying to stick up for him. So I was like, oh man. So this character may you know have a 180, but he didn't. He still was out to get him.
1: Yeah, because he was trying to protect his Martian species from being dumb. He wanted them to be continue to be this apparently space superpower
2: and be
3: all really smart.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah, he yeah, he was, but they don't conquer. No, they don't do anything on Mars. They just apparently they're just underground, as far as we can tell, yeah, doing they, nothing.
3: They yeah. talk about that how how we could destroy New York City with our with one rocket. Yeah. Because why don't they build underground?
2: Yeah. 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 They're they're Q laser, and he's like, no, we didn't come here. You know, Kimar stepped <laughs> exactly. in. Thank goodness. <laughs>
3: thank goodness. Otherwise, New York would have
2: evaporated.
3: <laughs> oh, because Voldar just has some grudge against tall buildings. Yeah. And the humans in general. He's kind of a speciesist. <laughs> So so Droppo, um, we kind of get some character development with Droppo. He's becoming kind of like Santa Claus. He likes to do. He likes to be the jolly guy like so yeah, Santa Yeah, he, he
1: really has a connection with Santa and asks to wear Santa's coat. And Santa's like, oh, it's not going to fit you. So he starts to fatten up and
2: starts picking out on food pills. Favorite and, uh, part.
1: Starts to, what's that? That's your favorite part?
2: <laughs> yeah, got to be. Genius. He's like, I'm gonna get fatter, and he just starts crushing these pills.
1: (laughs) And then, and then he puts on the jacket. He's like, Oh, I'm not fat enough. But then he starts shoving pillows, yeah, uh, under his jacket. And then puts the goofy hat on, or the hat all goofy like because uh, he has his Martian antenna on, so the hat doesn't quite fit. Puts the beard on, so now he looks just like Santa. And as soon as they did that, I'm like, they're gonna the Martian, the evil Martians are gonna think that drop always Santa, and they're gonna go after Mm -hmm. him instead of the real Santa. And I totally called. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Not like it was that hard. It
1: wasn't like reaching. Here so anyway. we kind
3: of skipped in between the. We, we talked about it before, but we kind of skipped in between the Earth, uh, pretty, Earth, Earth, pretty much gathering all together to try to find Santa Claus. Because... Yeah, the whole world just what, just came to a halt to try and find Santa mm-hmm. Claus. Not these two missing kids. Yeah, but Santa Claus. Yeah. They talk about the kids, but they're just assumed that they were abducted by the Martians, and they don't know where Santa Claus went. So right. it's we got to find yeah. the Santa Claus. And, like and there's it, at least
2: eighteen kids. minutes of footage. You know, devoted to military stuff. Right, you know, yeah. he, every like five minutes they're like, "Let's cut to military film." And so there's just like you know, thirty guys running to a ship, yep. climbing into the ship. The ship's flying away. They're gassing it up at a certain point in the air. You got some, you know, yeah. you're,
3: you're, we got like B-roll footage of like the Saturn rocket. I was just
1: gonna ask if they actually went out and filmed yeah. that, or was this just like it stock like footage that they were able they to? They probably get. bought stock footage. Yeah, with their with their two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> That's what, that's what the budget was. It was just on B roll from the army.
2: It looked like they just set a camera up in front of a TV, and so like
3: <laughs> <laughs> they, they cheaped out. Yeah, maybe they did. Yeah. All right, so then they got the
1: air force looking for him, yeah. or the space force is what Billy called it, because when they were when they were in the spaceship originally, Billy and uh, what was her name, Susie, Betty, Betty, Betty? Betty, Betty
3: Billy. I don't know what the
1: hell. Yeah, Billy and Betty, they went into like this <laughs> anti radar box. And they were able mm. to pull out all of the wires there, so then that way when the Martians would turn on their anti-radar, they would actually be seen, Yeah. and they were able to track them that way.
2: That was genius,
3: too. It was, it was <laughs> called Radar Box. I mean, yeah. It's was... it spray-painted on the side, yeah. too. Radar Box.
2: Yeah. And English. Plain English for these kids to read.
3: Yeah. Good so. thing they can read, yeah. unlike the Martian kids, currently. <laughs> yeah. Martian kids are really good for <laughs> So, so Drobble gets kidnapped, because Voldar thinks that it's that it's Santa. Um, and ki- so he kidnaps him. And so Santa gets back. They realize that the, t- the that the machine was tampered with. Yep. Uh, mm. the Voldar comes
1: back. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, Cause the, the toy machine. So they're getting like dolls with bear heads and stuffed animals with doll heads. They're getting baseball bats with tennis racket heads on them, but like baseball, um, handles. So it was yeah. the toy machine was all screwed up.
3: So Voldar thinking he's kidnapped Santa is coming back to to kind of, I guess, negotiate something with Kimar. Like, hey, we got to, you know, we got to do something about these toys right. not not being correct. Uh, and then he sees that Santa's still there, realizing, I guess, that he captured the wrong person, that he had Droppo in his possession. No, but didn't Kimar, didn't Kimur or not Kimar, yeah, Kimar came
1: in to, like, stop him. is like, how did Santa get here? He's like, Santa has more powers than you could possibly imagine. Yeah, he's trying to make up something, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: Santa's all powerful. <laughs> he can teleport from one place to the next. So Droppo escapes. Uh, I guess I guess the the evil evil was thwarted. Yep. As, as the movie comes to a close, Santa, I guess, declares that Droppo can be the Martian ambassador of Santa.
2: Which is really funny. Saw <laughs> that <day> coming.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Santa goes back to Earth, and Droppo gets to be Martian Santa.
1: Oh. That's pretty... Much, but then he came in with the last minute. He's like, hey, guys, I got really fat, but it was actually... And then Kimar pops his balloon yeah. was basically what it was. <clears throat> but that was... He was just so sad and disappointed. But but the drop was going to be this Martian Santa, so the Martian kids are going to be able to get out of their funk, and the Earth kids and their Santa are going to be returned back to Earth, and everything's uh, all happily ever after.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that was basically Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. There's a lot more to this movie. There's like an hour 30. But, like, Tim, you were saying... Every every uh, um, scene was like a twenty minute scene, and they only had like yeah. six scenes.
2: It doesn't. Cut. I mean, they just set the camera up and they were like, "Let's just do this." <laughs> yeah, oh, right. you know, like for instance, here's my here here's my um, probably the part I laughed at the most. They were doing when they were coming into Earth to kidnap Santa. They uh, they were talking about their side thrusters that were gonna you know push them sideways to get into orbit. You know, because there's like a like, a, you know, like we're talking about like a 10, 15 minute scene about they're just hitting buttons and looking for Santa. Yeah. And uh, so when they're going to land, they're like, we're going to hit the thrusters. And the guy was like, OK, thr- thrusters. And so when he hits the button, they have to simulate, you know, that the thrusters are going. Well, Kemar, the guy with the cape, leader, man, he decides to act like well, it will thrust thrusted this way. And so he kind of comes to the camera like he's falling left. <laughs> and the guy that actually hits the buttons, he does it and falls backwards like he's falling right. And so <laughs> I don't know you know, the atmosphere on the ship, but if the ship's going one direction, they should probably both be falling you know, the same direction. And so they got their wires crossed there. Yeah. I just thought it was really funny. You've got to watch that part again. I, Go I, back, I, I watch that, that part. It's around – I think it was somewhere between 17 minutes and 18 minutes because okay. I, I looked because I just wanted to make sure. I should have written – yeah, I should have taken notes. Cool. <laughs>
1: Now you know. Well, you'll know for next time.
3: Sorry, we'll 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 clip it into yeah. this to, yeah. the, to the podcast, so you can
1: listen <laughs> hey, to it
2: whenever you want. Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so that was the Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. So 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 Tim, that was your. You want to keep talking then? Was that your favorite part? Were there any other parts that really stood out to you in this movie that were funny or really bad?
2: Well, I was curious on the very end because they start singing a song about Santa Claus. Oh, I don't know like if a, you guys did that
3: yeah. song just stick into your head. Yeah, they they wrote a special song in yeah. this movie.
2: For real? That was a special song. Because I didn't know. You know, I know the main never Christmas songs. I'm pretty song. sure
3: in the beginning yeah. it, it credits two people for writing a song about Santa in the in the opening credits that, of the movie.
2: That song should be more popular. They were spelling it out, man. I was like, I don't I mean, there's like ten ways to spell Santa Claus, I think. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> Tim, Allen, Tim Allen screwed it up for me. I don't know how to spell Santa Claus. Right. Did 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 it bother <laughs> anybody else
1: with that? They spelled it S-A-N-T-A, but then they called here comes Santa Claus. And they can't Santa, even, Claus, yeah. Yeah. They Santa Claus, yeah. They spelled it Santa Claus. I'm like, what? What are you? What's going on? It's
2: like, That's the most 1960s thing uh, that was a part of the movie. It was just was Santa, Santa Claus. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you remember, like, you, you watch a uh, uh, Christmas Vacation. You know, one of the little kids was talking about Santa Claus.
3: Yeah, I think <laughs> when I hear Santa Claus, I think of Nightmare Before Christmas. And they talk about <laughs> him, they call him the Sandy Claus. Okay. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. That's another. Uh, my
2: kids my kids would be grounded. they bring that up. Santa Claus? I'd be like, go to your room. <laughs> oh no! Oh no.
0: And at Cape Kennedy, our correspondent interviewed Werner Von Green, the man in charge of America's Starshot program. Mr. Von Green, what
2: is the space agency doing about this? Well, they have mobilized all the men and equipment in our Starshot project. And we have rushed our astronauts into an intensive program
0: for the final phase of their training. Now our Starshot ship is supposed to undergo six months of test flights. But we are going to forget about the testing and go after those Martian monkeys. Isn't that risky? Of course it is risky. But
2: every one of our astronauts is begging for the chance to go after the Martians. Who wouldn't give everything to bring Santa back to our children?
3: So I found the song. (laughs) I I found the song. The song was composed by Milton DeLugue. Or t- deluge two G's. It's called Hooray for Santa Claus. Nice. It was written also by a guy named Roy Alfred. Nice. That just that sounds like the most '40s '50s song you could think of. Hooray yeah. for Santa Claus. Yeah, and that's gonna be our <laughs> intro outro
1: music for this episode. If, if I can find can. it. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'll, I'm gonna go into my kitchen and be like, Alexa, play Hooray for Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> kids, kids, Bob, kids, bop, kids bop for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else uh, that you have your two cents about? Otherwise, because then uh, we'll start giving our little review of it.
2: Yeah. No, I. you know, I I wanted to bring up the, just the words. You know, they used a lot of English words. I remember they had, like, I remember the kinder, kindergarten records were, like, talking about you know, treating them like a kindergartner—that's what the mustache guy said one time, and uh, he said "minkapoo." Yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that right there stuck out. I was just like, oh, but, but that, I mean, it was so many English stuff. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go for it, be like, these are Martians. Just you can't use everyday English language. You know, just come up with something. I'm willing to get by the fact that they spoke English, but the fact that they were referencing, you know, specific English words and. I'm just in, in a time in life, like kindergarten, you're just like, what What would that even mean? It sounds like they're kindergarten. They're walking around like adult geniuses. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that'd be that much of a, you know, a bad comment towards somebody, but apparently they'd go right for it. They didn't.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's that.
2: Bots and bears. I remember that too. <laughs> yeah. That's an
3: issue that we found Um, that I found in a bunch of movies that we've watched that are these really bad movies, that there is no mm-hmm. world building in a sense of language. Uh, yeah. or, or making up even just some words, and I know that that would require you to explain maybe a little bit of what you're talking about, but mm-hmm. don't just use such common words like kindergarten or yeah. you know things mm-hmm. like nincompoop, poop, which is that's, that's 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 American slang. That's not a word that you hear <laughs> in places like Australia and in and England, in and, you know, other places that speak an English dialect. That's, that's, that's
2: or anywhere or anywhere in the last like 20 years. Nin, nincompoop, poop. I don't even know how to say it. Like a like, I think it's like who names. uses that?
3: That was something that my dad used. You know, he's 65 now. And, and, I mean, that was a word that I knew. But that's, again, something of maybe that generation.
2: I'm, I'm calling my dad after this. Yeah. I'm going to ask him. Ask if he's ever used before. Yeah. He'll tell me I'm grounded. <laughs> you can go to the timeout show for your kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. That's funny. No. I think that's about all I got on it. I was curious about the doors because, you know, when anytime you're talking about a different place you haven't been, like Mars, you know, that kind of stuff. So at the house of Kimar, uh-huh. he was like – he goes up to the door, yes, you know, like yes. Star Wars style, like, you know, and walks through there. And then uh, later when they're on the ship, it's just a door with a doorknob. So I'm like, okay, all right, so their ship isn't as fancy as his house on Mars. I get it, I feel like that's normal. Mm-hmm. But the more that they went different places, all of a sudden everything was an open door. So I think early on they had the idea and the concept was there. As far as like Santa's workshop, they got the scene set up for the mm-hmm. house, you know, Keymar's house on, on Mars. And then later on, maybe budget concerns, they're like, let's just put a door in a doorknob. And you know, like they're in that little hatch before they're about to get sucked out into space. And there's just a clock you know, on the, on the wall, like they have a wall clock. So like all their timing is the same. It's 60 seconds. He talked about a minute, whatever. I, I'm just like, man, they just gave up about I don't know, halfway halfway through the movie. They were just like jigs up. No one's going to buy this. Let's just mail it in.
3: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. I already gave my favorite part <laughs> yeah. of the movie at the beginning when I said that the use of September to me, and I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to still run with it, that they actually did some homework and realized that a Mars, Year would be lo- longer than a than a than a um, than an Earth year, and and I kind of really liked that. Uh, otherwise, I think I also kind of liked. Um, I liked the, the fact that Santa Claus was just the jolliest person you could ever have. Like that's how I want my Santa Claus to be. That not that he doesn't care, because uh, you know, because he does care. Mm-hmm. But he was just so jolly. He he would just he just went with the flow. He mm-hmm. was he was very chill Santa.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's a, yeah there's a couple things that. I didn't mention. I did mention some of my notes uh, uh, when we were doing the initial plot point. But uh, Santa can't remember the name of his reindeer in the beginning. I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, when, when
1: that was, was good. When he was doing the uh, when he was doing the interview, he's like, "Ah, oh, Nixon and Vixen. the other kids
2: remember. I don't remember." Yeah,
3: like, that's gee, right. That's what I thought it wasn't yeah. the real Santa. Yeah, but
2: it, it was, was supposed to be Donner, and he's like Dunder. Yeah, I was like Dunder. It's Dunder like, actually, with a U. Dunder, Dunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Dunder? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I thought that, that was what threw me off because I didn't think it was the real Santa because like, oh, the real Santa would know the names. This is just some guy they're doing for a fun little shtick on on the, uh, the local news, but no, it's the real Santa. I didn't know his name. Um, let's see, and then... Um...
2: Santa just sucking back on grandpa's old cough medicine. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, yeah, he's drunk. They caught him at drunk hour while he's building toys. <laughs> right.
1: so he had a few uh, too much peppermint schnapps. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, him calling out Mrs. Claus for, like, I can't remember the last time you were this quiet for this long. Uh, but then, uh, honestly, like, one of my, my favorite part was, like, the amount of detail that they put into the sets, which wasn't a ton, but it was enough to be like, okay, this is the spaceship, this is the North Pole, this is uh, uh, the Martian house. So they actually did... You know, a decent job, consider you know yeah. all things considered. Minus the doors. Here's, of what you were saying before. Dan. Here's
2: the yeah. Here's the ladder that goes to the ship. Let's show that ladder a good bit.
1: Yeah, yeah that, lad- that was a great ladder. <laughs> we though. spent a lot of time. Great ladder. There. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, oh. the set,
2: set builders like you better get that ladder in there. Yeah. Listen, pal, I didn't make that ladder for nothing. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the last the last thing I want to make a note on was uh, the the Martian fight scene between Kemar and bold and yeah. Boldar or Bouldar. <laughs> Because they were just Both. they were just throwing fists. I thought they were gonna have like yeah. a telepathy moment or like shoot lasers <laughs> at each other. But there was there was nothing. Like they had like the the paralyzed ray. Like where was that when these two Martians were like going at it? But they were just there. Slamming just... his
2: head. Yeah. 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 Slamming his straight. head against the control board. It was it was, know, it was. It was really violent. Oh. <laughs> so that was the was other like, what's rated?
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was the other thing that I really liked. When when I I was ready for like some super uh scientific, advanced Martian fight, but they were just throwing they were just throwing fists. Goodbye, Billy.
0: Goodbye.
3: Goodbye, Betty, dear. You take care of yourself. Bye. I've got something for you,
0: Billy. Gee, thanks. Goodbye. Bye. Gee, we had fun. We're going to miss you. Do you think we'll ever meet again?
1: I'm sure you will, children.
0: Thank you, Santa, for bringing
1: happiness to the children of Mars.
0: And the Christmas spirit to all of us. CERN, from the bottom of my heart, I wish you and yours
2: the very best of everything. <laughs>
0: so so that,
1: is, that is the summary, our thoughts of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Uh, Tim, we do a 1 out of 10
3: scale we, here. We like to use the full scale because people, we, we actually ran into this uh, the other day with one of our podcasts. He yeah. decided that, that our pod, that we were jokers because we gave something a 4. Uh, and not realizing mm-hmm. that, you know, 4 is just a little bit below average. It doesn't mean that's like, you know, we don't use the, the grade scale the school, you know, mm-hmm. 60, or 60 and lower is failing. It's just yeah. the whole thing. So 1 is the absolute worst movie you've ever watched. 10 is the the absolute most perfect movie you've ever watched. Uh, so we kind of use that scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, every movie we've, we have on this list is a 4 or lower. This was a 2.5 on IMDb. Brian, I'll let you go sure. first.
1: All right, um, I think it's higher than a two point five. Okay, I really do. I, I thought it wasn't as bad as it was just full of cheese. I thought this was just the cheesiest movie I've ever seen in my life, and so I got a lot of enjoyment out of out of all the the goofiness that was in it. And, and I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. Wow. I, I know. I I went high. I this is the this is by far the best movie we've watched out, out of this list. So Ryan. <laughs>
3: Uh, I actually agree with you. Yes. I also think it's a four, uh, not just because it is the best we've seen so far. I and mean, we've seen a lot of, a lot of, a but like, I got it. I was reasons. able
1: to, I was able to follow the plot. I was able to follow the story. So I think, yeah, four for me, Tim, what do you think?
2: Well, I mean, scale of one to 10, one being the worst. Number one being like, you know, Scorpion King with the rock. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, number 10, probably being empire strikes back. Oh, nice. Um, you know IMDB is pretty good and the 2.5 I like it and that's what I would have rated it probably before we started critiquing it but i mean i don't know i just we found so much humor in it and it doesn't have to be perfect that's what's fun about movies you know right. they, they they didn't try to make it anything that it wasn't and i got to give it to kemar cuz kemar never let his guard down nope. like for him it was the most serious movie ever in this guy's life and uh, i i mean i give it a 3.5 i think i got to least right. bump it up one uh, from the from the IMDb score, so three point five for me. All right,
3: All yeah, right. we don't, yeah, we, we we try to stay away from the halves, but since you're the guest, we will let you do three and a half. Oh. We're gonna round it to a four. Well, though. So
2: yeah, we'll round it up. You're stuck.
3: You're stuck in four world with us. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was pleasantly
1: surprised. I thought this was gonna be really bad, but it was actually, I you know, it it, it, it caught me off guard with uh, the little nuances that it had. I actually enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, and I thought the reporter at the beginning did a good job too. Oh yes, uh, yeah. with and, the shivering, they, Andy, they, they
1: and they put like the frost on his mustache.
2: Yeah, Andy Anderson. I mean, he had to battle that cold, and then just walks up in the shop and starts interviewing Santa Claus. I mean, I thought he did good. He kept things moving. So <laughs> he,
1: was, he was the unsung hero. <laughs> well done. Well, I think that's
3: gonna do it then for us over here at uh, In Defense of. Um, but before you leave, Tim, you got a time to answer a few questions that we may have? Oh, I was gonna do that. Absolutely. No, yeah. We'll, okay. we'll to mind. this. Never mind. Just kidding. We're gonna add to this. We're gonna add to the end here. Um, okay. Just a couple of questions that we have from from some brewer fans and yeah we went on reddit um uh, got a couple more questions we know you did an anime last year
1: but we had a couple more um i Ooh, wrote cool. down a bunch of questions so just some real complex ones and some really simple like you know really simple questions so they're they're nothing too nothing too complex anyway so um we'll just jump right in to it all right i have a reddit username jason yaya Um uh, just wondering if you'd be interested in being the brewer in the brewers broadcast booth uh, once your baseball career is over.
2: Ooh, you know, I, I would love to do something with the brewers. You know, I feel like I've done a little bit of everything. They've allowed me to do stuff with social media, a little bit of broadcasting stuff and spring training. Um, but I was actually, I spoke with Bill Schroeder the other day, rock Mm -hmm. from the booth. And, uh, we we just talked for just a moment about Fantasy Camp because Fantasy Camp is coming up in January and they're going to celebrate the 2008 playoff team and uh, w- inviting me there and I just told him somehow some way Milwaukee has just become family. I got embraced as a family member years ago and I mean I don't know for me it would be weird to do something other than you know be with the Brewers and i think i don't know if i could do broadcasting or not i feel like that'd be a hard thing to do but i would love the challenge so yeah i would definitely consider it
1: great yeah we think we think you'd be good you know you, you you're, you're good at filling silences and and commenting on <laughs> you know the little things so yeah i think it'd be interesting
2: yeah I well be- i mean if we did if we critiqued you know old movies
1: <laughs> yeah, then, then you're perfect you got a lot of practice
2: I'm, sign me up yeah
1: <laughs> all right um Another user from Reddit, NN87Card, uh, asks, how many times on average uh, uh, do you have to see a scene before you can use it for dub Smash?"
2: Ooh, uh, I don't know. Probably just see it once. No. I mean, you, usually the scenes that we do, um, you know, I'm already prepared mentally. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if we're going to do a scene like the next day and I got a couple guys involved or maybe I have ideas for the characters in mind, for me, it doesn't really take much, but... Um, What I what I found out is that the dub smash video app couldn't keep up with me I didn't like you know what it was doing. So I decided to make it better So I use an old phone to play the audio and then I just film so I set a camera up And so we just play the audio over and over again and let you know Let it be longer than 10 seconds, but let everyone get involved and I screw it up sometimes There's been several that I've screwed up, but for the most part. I'm already mentally ready I already know what I'm gonna do Um, plus I've prepared the audio so maybe i I do get more of an advantage than some of the guys that all of a sudden are thrust into this amazing video situation. But yeah, I mean, for me, I usually, I I love movies. I can recite movies. Um, It doesn't take me much. I can watch a movie one time and pretty much, you know, like I said, like we just did, you know, I can just remember stuff. I just, I've always loved movies as a kid. I watched Aladdin uh, on my couch every day, probably about three times a day for about a month. Um, I watch Star Wars for the better part of a year, every day, at least once on VHS. Um, I don't know. I just that some people read. <laughs> I don't. I watch movies.
3: <laughs> All right, I got a follow up for you on that one. Have you? Do you have we, a favorite dub smash that you've done? Is there is man, there one that you can pick um, out that's been like one? Not, maybe not necessarily a favorite, but one you maybe had the most fun doing.
2: I would say the one that we cried the most on. Uh, I did with Jay Chapman. He was a pitcher that we had a few years ago. Um, we did it in spring training, and it was a Titanic scene uh, because it was a it was it was a continuation of a Titanic scene we did the year before in 2015. We were in Albuquerque. It was about 1:30, and I had an idea for Titanic, and so I just text Jay, and I was like, "Hey man, you awake?" And he's like, "Yeah, what's up?" And I was like, "I'm coming to your room to shoot a video. What room are you in?" He was like, "Come on, man. So. I come there, and we shot, like it, like I said, the old Dub Smash app was only 10 seconds long, and so we shot one little, you know, playing the Titanic theme, you know, with uh, Celine Dion, and it was, like, coming over my shoulder, and I'm sketching, so I sketched out, like, you know, a guy laying on a bed, but you didn't know it was a guy, it was kind of like, who is this, who's he sketching, and as the camera pans up, uh, funny that Brent Suter, who's now, you know, a big league awesome pitcher, He was the one that filmed, but so it comes off my shoulder. You can see the picture and then it shows Jay Chapman on the couch or on the bed just watching TV, you know, fully clothed, obviously, (laughs) but he was just watching TV. But we cried laughing so hard around 2 a.m., you know, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I just remember that being awesome. But we had the follow up the next spring and uh, it was the same. It was almost around the same time for Titanic where (laughs) where the girl goes, uh, Jack, I want you to draw me wearing this wearing only this. And I guess, I, I mean, I haven't seen the movie a whole lot, but I'm assuming she's talking about the big heart yeah, jewel. The, the, and, the uh, so, yeah, the so, jewel yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we didn't have that. We didn't have that thing, that big diamond. So I used a jack strap. So I, was, <laughs> <laughs> so I gave Jay a notebook, and so he's sitting there, and I was, like, I was like, Jack, I want you to draw me wearing this. And I pull it up, and I kind of dangle it. And I was like wearing only this. And I'm I'm not kidding. It was about eight seconds long. It took us half an hour. We could not stop laughing. He broke and started laughing and then I would break. And then people around us would be laughing. We could not get it. It took forever. <laughs> and we were crying laughing because anyway, but it probably got like 10 views. It wasn't even that popular, oh, no, we're, but we're gonna have to go for find me, For me, filming it, it was like, or just watching it over and over again, it was so funny. It was so funny. It it probably is my still my favorite. That
0: sounds
1: like a blast.
2: So you mentioned well, go ahead. Yeah, the videos the videos you can't really tell uh, what goes into it. A lot of times, people have told me like you should do a behind the scenes because a lot of times players are apprehensive about doing it, but once they get involved in one, they want to do more. Because it really is the process of making just a simple little dumb video and put it on Twitter or whatever um, is really fun. Those guys enjoy it. And, you know, that's why they come in every day going, hey, I got an idea. we should we should do this. And so most of the day I try to like, all right, let's see. Let's just hammer down one idea and do it. Um, and, and that's the fun part. It distracts you from the, the pressures of baseball or whatever. But at the same time, it unites everybody. And I don't know. It's just a super fun process.
1: Yeah, because I was gonna I was gonna ask um, you you use a lot of your teammates obviously in these dub smashes, but do you ever get pushback that nobody wants to do it, or do you always have people that are just like, let's do this? I have a great idea. You get a lot of volunteers in that as well.
2: Well, my my, my rule is if you if you bring an idea, you have to be in it. So <laughs> <Okay>. people, <laughs> and so people come in and like, hey, I got an idea. Well, if you have an idea, you have to be in it, and they're like, all right, I'll be back. You know, <laughs> sure. Let's let's. I'm not ready just yet, uh, but. most people are standoffish. They don't know what to think. They kind of see it happen and they kind of look like that's, that's kind of fun. I don't know if I'm willing to do that or not. And then they see the finished product and they're like, okay, that's kind of cool. I kind of want to be involved. I don't know how, Um, but I mean, I've had coaches in it. I had a pitching coordinator this spring uh, be in it. I mean, it's, it's every, I try to tailor it to certain people in certain ways. Like one guy in the clubhouse you're thinking would never be in it. Um, and I get them in two or three in a week, (laughs) you know, it's almost like my goal. Like if there's a guy that's in every single one, I'm like, well, of course he's going to be willing to do it. Uh, but my goal is to try to get everyone involved. And so, you know, I don't know if I got everyone in the clubhouse this year, AAA is hard because you know, it's a swinging door of people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I got almost, I would say I, I may have gotten everybody in a video this year. So I don't know. That seems weird, but I'm proud of that.
1: I, yeah, I think it's great. We we always enjoy watching them whenever there's a video. It's like, oh, let's see who Tim's getting in on this one. Mm-hmm. And then it's fun for us because we're such Brewers fans that, you know, we got to see Brett before he came up. And we're like, oh, my God, it's it's the Raptor from all of the videos, which is
2: hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, a lot of people were, you know, hitting me up on Twitter going that they enjoyed getting to know people through these videos before they got to the big leagues, you know, because. Absolutely. I, I, I brought it up the other day. Um, I mean, I guess a couple years ago for the for the MILB network like there's an MLB network but there's no MILB network like you don't get to know these people people get to the big leagues and you're like if you want to know more about Mike Trout or Bryce Harper's hair you could watch MLB network it's all over the place you know uh, so so but the, but in the minor leagues there's so many players that they kind of just go well we don't really want to devote that much time and so uh that's I, I i didn't know i was doing that but now i enjoy it i love bridging that gap where yeah when suitor goes up you're like man that's the guy that runs like a raptor you know but at the same time he's he's obviously he's an amazing player he yes. wouldn't be in the big league if he was not an amazing player but by the way these are humans too you know like we breathe we go out there and we like to have fun and it doesn't take away from baseball in fact it probably relaxes you and makes you a better player
1: it makes sense to me how soon can we get you in the clubhouse then <laughs>
2: Yeah, get me there. I need it. (laughs) (laughs) Great.
1: All right, so done with the dub smash questions. Um, Real quick, who's the most famous ball player in your cell phone?
2: Uh... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know who I want to say. I don't know. (laughs) You mean cell phone like I could call him? Yeah. Um, I would have to say Ben Zobrist just because I, I don't like the name drop, but he is like my best friend. We're, That's so cool. we're pretty yeah. tight. We live about seven minutes from each other, but you know, he's, he's, he's a great dude. Our families, our wives, our kids, like we've just done life together now for, you know, probably almost 10 years. So, oh, wow. um, you, you know, it's strange that he like, I get, it's weird because he's such a big player now. Like he, I mean, he was world series MVP yeah. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, that just puts you on another level. But I don't know, man. He He's he's an awesome dude. He's my friend. And, yeah, we actually – my kid actually FaceTimed him on accident during a, during a snack time earlier today right before <laughs> <he> nap. <But laughs> I was like, my bad, dude. But he was just chilling by the pool. I'm like, hey, what are you doing later? You got anything going on? <laughs> yeah,
3: right? Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's probably not busy at all. Not tonight, yeah, like, not tonight at all. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. No, so that, we're doing, we're doing nothing. That's actually a great
1: segue <laughs> into my next question. Um, my brother Dan actually oh. wanted to know if you were rooting for anyone in the playoffs, and how can we assume the Cubs?
2: Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't really, I, to, personally, don't care a whole lot who wins. You know, I mean, I, I guess it's hard to say that because I'm a Brewer and I want the Cubs to win. But hey, to to represent the NL Central is pretty legit. And, yeah, I guess I'll root for the Cubs, but I am I get to root for individual players, mm-hmm. which sure. is really fun. And and I guess since I've been around baseball for so long, I do know a lot of people. And, you know, if it's a pitcher I know against a hitter I know, I, it's really exciting for me because I know them each on a personal level. So, to me, I just love watching baseball. Um, if I'm playing, then you better believe it. I want to win. That's all I care about. <laughs> but when it's just baseball for baseball's sake, it's I just want to watch it and enjoy it and just see good baseball and that's what the playoffs is it's a culmination of so many games so many things going on and to a point where this is the best baseball that you're gonna see and so that's what i enjoy the most
1: yeah absolutely um saw on your instagram uh that you were getting your own bobblehead so can you talk about what led to that
2: I have no idea. I don't know if I tweeted something one time or what, but the bobblehead Hall of Fame, which is a thing mm-hmm.
1: yep. in yeah, Wisconsin, it's out of Milwaukee, yeah.
2: yeah, it's out of Milwaukee. Um, they contacted me and they go, hey, we think you'd be perfect for us to make a bobblehead for you. And I was just wow. like, okay, I don't really know what this means. You know, like most of the things I see when it comes to bobbleheads, it happens during a baseball game. So I'm like, they're going to sponsor a baseball game. What if I never play again? What's going on? And they're like, No, we're gonna we want to make it, let you design it. And, uh, and then we'll give partial uh, of the proceeds to charity of your choice. And I was like, Wow, that's pretty amazing. And so they're like, Yeah, give us ideas. So I tweeted out ideas. I'm like, Hey, is it, who has an idea? And so I just took what everybody gave me and I took some photographs of my face.
0: <laughs>
2: and because <laughs> they asked for, them. and you know, just kind of said, Hey, what do you think about this? And I thought it was total ridiculous. Like I just was like going over the top, give me a lightsaber instead of me pitching on a mound, put popcorn, you know, and try to get that movie theme in there. Um, I want to be wearing a beanie instead of a hat. Give me some orange sunglasses. I want to be holding a phone instead of spikes. Give me Chuck (laughs) Taylors, you know, and they just kept going. Yeah, that's cool. We'll do that. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, really? Like this is ridiculous. But Uh, they sent the model or the the mock-up to me the other day and asked me you know what I thought and I just I thought it was amazing I was like I can't believe this I was like I don't care how you get a bobblehead I'd like for it to be because of baseball but you know I don't know I guess this is more (laughs) because of social media stuff but um, I thought it was really cool and 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 the fact that you know like at least five dollars of that proceeds uh goes to charity so um I get to pick a charity and I just think that would be great. So if anybody's out there, dude, go buy it. Gonna, Why not? Yeah, we're we're, we're going to get to let me, let, oh Yeah, yeah,
1: let, you, you, you got you got us in for two. Um <laughs> we're going to be watching for the link. I think I think I signed up for the pre-order, yes. but I haven't gotten anything yet, so I don't know exactly how that's working, but I'll I'll look into it and we're definitely getting them. They look hilarious. And cuz you're not pitching a baseball, you actually have a cell phone out there doing a selfie.
2: Yeah. So it's I, <laughs> I guess the idea I had was Instead of like throwing a baseball, I have the phone, but I'm not really throwing it, I'm taking a selfie. So whatever picture of my face, they're gonna put that on the phone. Oh which I thought that's so cool.
1: <laughs> that okay, that's yeah, well, cool. That's a lot of that's yeah. a lot of attention to detail.
2: That's what I said. I was like, You guys are willing to do this and they said the person that was creating the mold was like, Yeah, let's do that. So I was like, Great. Yeah, I they saw, gave me a yeah. lightsaber. And, I
1: saw the mold. It looks it looks so cool. It looks really <laughs> good, so I can't wait to see it. Um, next question here is, what is your favorite baseball movie and why is it Major League?
2: Oh, man, I do love Major League. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and, and I can watch it a hundred times. I can, you know, recite it. In fact, I probably, you know, have acted it out, I'm sure. But for me, the one of the most enjoyable ones, I just actually, uh, t, you know, Tebowed it. They still TiVo or is it you just TiVo. record? Yeah, it's still a thing. Yeah, we'll record, sure. you know, it's, it's called DVR so, now,
3: but it's just like like how everybody calls an MP3 player an iPod. Yeah. TiVo was yeah. the first. Yeah. So you TiVo it.
2: So I hit a button on my remote and <laughs> uh, uh, I, I did Little Big League. Oh, I love, that movie. Movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Little Big League. And here's my defense. And, it, you know, I guess Field of Dreams is amazing. I love Full Durham, obviously. Um, you know, there's some that really hit home in different areas. My dad played baseball, so Field of Dreams is great. I played baseball, so Bull Durham's great. And Major League, I've met Bob Euchre. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's one of those big things. But for me, Little Big League um, was, had to have been consulted with baseball players because the lingo that goes on, and it just seems like it's not really that big a deal. But every attention to detail in that movie is geared towards baseball. And mm-hmm. so I just watched it probably a week ago and I really thought man it still holds up. I think that was 1993 or 4 maybe. Yeah, 94. Um 94? Yeah, I looked it up a ton, you know, or uh, watched it a ton growing up on VHS. We had that huge, remember Disney put it in those big white plastic Oh yeah. Yeah. VHS v- v- covers, yeah. yeah. So I somebody gave it to us and I watched it so I could, you know, recite it and it still holds up. I mean, I think it's really neat. Could a kid manage in the big leagues? Absolutely not. But It's still good. It's entertaining.
3: If he he could, he was the grandson of the owner of the twins, clearly.
2: (laughs) Sure. I mean, if he could nominate himself as manager, I guess. But, I mean, the classic line where the commissioner of baseball is asking what his mom thinks. And he's like, she says it's okay with you if it's okay with him. You know, or it's okay with him if it's okay with you or whatever. Like, getting the mom's permission. I remember as a kid just thinking that was absolutely so funny. I would just cry. I'd be on this couch in the middle of the day, just watching this movie while everyone else was outside playing, you know, <laughs>
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah no,
2: trying to be a normal kid and I'm watching movies.
3: That, that was uh, yeah.
2: Little yeah, little big league, man. I just, I, I it's so good on so many levels.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's it, it, another enjoyable one. We did a podcast where we would go rate all the best baseball movies. So uh, yeah. that was, that was, that was the one that definitely made the top 12. So uh, best story that you have from your time in the bigs.
2: Ooh, best story. Um, I mean, I was part of the 2008 playoff team and the 2011 playoff team. That was so I mean, th- those are very different, but very awesome. You know, so um, there was I remember a moment where I, I wasn't activated, so I didn't get to play in the playoffs. I would just I was there as like if somebody got hurt or something like that, they could activate me. And they called me in the office after let's see we were playing the Cardinals. It was probably like the third game we were playing the Cardinals in 2011. And they called me in and they were like, "Listen, if we if we win here, it looks like we're going to be facing Texas. Um, and if we are, we um, we're going to activate you because I guess they had a lot of big righties and they were like, we as a sidearm right-handed pitcher, we think you'd be a good matchup against all these guys. So they're like, you know, we just want to let you know, start getting prepared. Like this is going to be a thing. And I remember just going like wow you know we're talking the next rounds like the big deal like that's the Mm -hmm. world series so you know even though it didn't come to fruition i i think in that moment it for me it was real because it was like you better start (laughs) figuring out how to get people out you know right but, but it was good it was a good moment they considered me they 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 sat there and were like this is what we're gonna do and it had it come you know had it had we won Uh, that would have happened. So I just think that was cool to be considered. I thought, I think the thought process was there and to think that I was good enough to pitch in the world series is, uh, it means a lot.
1: Absolutely. Cause someone like you were saying you weren't active, but like, like, Hey, if this happens, like you're going to be like one of our go-to guys, that's gotta be such a, that's gotta Mm -hmm. be such a big deal.
2: Oh yeah. I'm getting nervous about it now, even though it was so (laughs) many years ago. (laughs)
1: Um, one question I was curious about, um, See if you can remember all the way back to May 20th, 2012. Um, you got tossed after you pitched behind Jamie Carroll when you were pitching against the Twins. And I'm generally curious as to what goes on in these. Were you, like, given the um, okay to, like, throw behind him? Was there some uh, bad blood between the, the, the teams in that series? Who was it? Uh, Jamie Carroll.
2: I'm just kidding. I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, no. Like, I, you know, I had, what's interesting about it is, like you said, it was in May, right? I got yep. tossed in May. Yep. Um, they, they didn't, the way they had uh, done the new collective bargaining agreement at that time was that they were going to handle each situation as it came up, um, in importance. So mine was pushed to the back burner. It wasn't that important. So in October, you know, baseball's on TV. I had to set up a phone call with the MLB players association, MLB representative. Um, there was an umpire representative from the union and there was, uh, Joe Torrey who had taken over whatever he was dealing with this stuff from the commissioner's office and so i had to remember something in october that happened in you know may and it was very difficult so like they were like all right so take us through what you thought happened we're watching the film all this stuff and anyway they were going to find me like you know like 750 bucks i was like dang man I. it's a lot of that's a lot of money when you're sitting at home, you know, you finish the season in double a and you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to play baseball again. And now they want 750 bucks. Um, but I just told them, you know, what, what the, that I'm in the bullpen so far away. I ha- I don't really know what's going on. I was like, I've never been a guy that signed a huge contract. I try to go out there and get everybody out. But what it was, it was a bad situation of me being wild in the wrong situation. They had hit three people or four. I can't remember three or four people that game. And so for me to throw inside on a guy, they just thought that was suspicious. And I was like, well, I didn't know that there were, um, you know, warnings given. And they said, no, there, there were no warnings. It was the umpire's discretion. I was like, Oh, because apparently something was said by somebody, to someone, but I'm like, dude, I'm in left center behind the wall. Like I don't <laughs> anything that's going on in the dugout or on the field. Like we basically don't know what's going on. And, uh, Anyway, I, I got tossed. It was per, probably the lowest point of my career, so I'm glad you guys brought it up.
0: <laughs> You're very welcome.
2: <laughs> no, no. But, but I told them. I was like, what they didn't know is I had just learned sidearm literally the year before. Um, I got taught in spring training 2010, and when I say taught, I mean they just said, hey, start throwing sidearm. And it was very hard for me, so I pitched in the PCL and AAA all year that year in mm-hmm. 2010, and I set the record for most hit batters in a season. And this league had been around for what, 70 years? So you could tell that there were some control issues. And so, you know, 2011 rolls around, or, you know, I, I guess I'm getting some of that control, but still hitting people. And then in 2012, it just happened at the wrong time and everyone just started pointing the finger. But I remember I was so embarrassed. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know I got tossed. <laughs> oh, really? so the umpire is telling me to leave. And I'm like, what what was going on? Like I thought he was like wanting me to throw the ball or something. I'm like, I don't even have the ball. The ball is over there, you know. It's like, get out of here and I'm like, Oh man, they won't let me play anymore <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> <Ball belief. laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah, that was that that was tough. But you know, it's 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 baseball and, and I'm sure that no but literally probably nobody under remembers that except for me. Just because, you know, it wasn't that big a deal and it's over.
3: Yeah. Uh, what's your coolest piece or your best piece of baseball memorabilia?
2: Ooh, I'm in my office now. I'll look around. (laughs) Um, honestly, uh, let's see. I got some cool stuff. I got a, I got an old catcher's mitt, Sears and Roebuck. Um, I got my ball for my first hit, my first strikeout in the big leagues. Um, I got a glove for my only win that I got Looks like it was June 5th, 2011, versus the Florida Marlins at the old Sun Life Stadium. That's awesome. Uh, but, I mean, I got the lineup card from that win. I got a picture of me. Uh, I got a photo in the team photo. Uh, let me see. I think that probably the most meaningful thing is a trophy that I got in Venezuela a few years ago. Okay. They uh, they, they have a thing where they give a trophy out after you know whoever did the best or whoever did something they give a trophy out and so they have like a big presentation before the game where they have it sitting out there and they talk about it I don't really know what they're saying but they're talking about this trophy and anyway I came into a game and I think I got a save and it was a big deal because you know usually they have their guys that that gets the saves and in that situation uh, the two guys that we had that threw like 99 miles an hour couldn't pitch that night. And so they brought me into a game and I got a save. So it was a pretty big deal. And so they brought the trophy into me and gave it to me and the clubhouse was singing and, you know, trying to pick me up and stuff. And, you know, it meant a lot yeah. to them. And, and I realized that this was a big deal. I mean, it's not like a, it's not, it's plastic, you know, and I don't even think that's real wood. Um, maybe some glue in there, but what was funny about it is it wouldn't fit in any of my luggage when I was Sit next to me on the plane when I was (laughs) was flying back. You know, I had to take care of it. You know, I was walking through airports and I traveled for you know 15 hours that day, and so I had to take care of this trophy. And so I got this trophy sitting up on my shelf. Um, Anyway, it just it reminds me of a time that you know baseball was because over the in Venezuela baseball is uh, packed a whole season, a major league season for them. It's packed into like three months, and so every game, every out. Every strike is a big deal. You throw a ball, they're like boo you throw a strike and they're just cheering. And so, you know, to get a save and you know, get the ball after the game, and I thought, man, I'll keep this ball forever and I'm pretty sure someone took it out of my locker. But then to get a trophy <laughs> you yeah. know and uh, and to take care of it all the way back here. So anyway, it means a lot. That's it seems weird. I feel like I should pick something big league out, but oh, I don't see, know. That was no
3: those are, that those those are the best league. kind of memorabilia. Yeah, you say, that's that's
1: really unique. You know, everybody has, you know, a glove or a ball from like a special moment, but,
3: you know, Brent Suter's got a strikeout ball, but he doesn't have a Venezuelan trophy, so.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. Did he go? No, he might have went somewhere else. I don't know if he went to, he might have gone to Venezuela. I can't remember.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, so our our final question for you (laughs) um, is, yeah, and I I looked uh, on your Instagram to kind of get ready for today for the interview. Uh, I noticed that you were doing some kind of voiceover work. Right, so so my yeah. my question is like, what's next for you once baseball is over? I know you had that little demo reel. Are you trying to keep it like social media? Are you trying to do some voice acting?
2: I don't in anything where I can make a little bit of money is kind of what I'm looking at. You know, like a job to support my family, live in my house, sure. that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I talked to somebody that was like, "Hey, you need to make a demo reel," and I was like, "Okay, what is that?" I have no idea what that is. So I looked it up online, and it was like, "It's you doing your." And, you know, voices. And so that's what I did. I made a demo reel and hopefully somebody follows me on Twitter and is like, haha, okay, I'll give you a job. But at the same time, it's what I've been doing since I was a kid. Like I used to mute games, you know, on the four stations that we had growing up. And I would I would do the voiceover. You know, I'd be like, Well, Dawson steps in against Smith and you know, he's four for two, you know, in today's game, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's what I did. And that kind of morphed into doing Star Wars voiceovers and You know, doing the movie trailer guy, like in a world where chaos runs supreme, you know, that kind of stuff. I caught a a gun in there, (laughs)
0: too.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I try to keep it as fun as possible. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, it's just that's something I do. I'd make fun with the kids. And, you know, I, I really don't know if it'd ever come of anything, but to be on a commercial or something like that, I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be something that would. Um, appeal to me and I don't know I'm just trying I'm not marking anything off Mm -hmm. at this point because I don't know what I'm gonna do this is all I've done for the last 15 years of my life so I don't know what's next
1: yeah Yeah, well yeah That's that's the big question I guess for everyone but uh, we really appreciate your time thank you so much for for watching the goofy movie with us and and for (laughs) for, uh, answering a few of the questions here Um, we'll be sure to let you know when everything gets cut and posted so you can uh, listen as well and, and again, thank you so much for, for taking the time. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, yeah, Brian. Yeah, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. This was fun, man. Yeah. Oh, thank you.
3: We we're really glad you had a good time. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's going to end uh, this episode of In Defense Of. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at State of Podcast. That is for our podcast. Uh, you can look us up on Patreon uh, at com slash Twelve studios so we can keep making this uh, fun and free for you all. Yep. Uh, any little bit helps. Yep. Uh, and then, Tim, what do you want
1: to
2: plug, man? Uh, what do you mean? Plug what?
1: Yeah, you want to plug your
2: Twitter?
1: You want to <laughs> plug your Instagram? You want to? Uh... Oh
2: yeah, sure. Follow me on uh, on anything really. I think I'm uh, almost everything. Uh, at, at Dim tillard. Um, I looked up. I tried to make it just Tim Dillard, um, but there were like twenty five Tim Dillards, and so I just made up Dim tillard. We had John Axford, a pitcher, years ago, mm-hmm. and he he always called me Dim tillard. So I give him <laughs> the credit for <laughs> for coming up with that. All Axford. Um, so yeah. Yeah, at Dim Tillard, man.
3: Perfect. Excellent. Well, again, we <laughs> want to thank you so much. We, was, we were honored to have you on our podcast, and I hope you didn't t- suffer too much through that movie as as, as we did.
2: <laughs> hey, like I said, 3.5. We round up to 4. I thought it was great. <laughs> 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 All right.
3: Glad will do for us. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. Take it easy.